This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Father, we love you tonight, and thank you for your living word. Father, it's changed our lives. It's, it's transformed us from the inside out. And we thank you for the privilege that we have to trust you, to believe, Father, in what it is that you promised. We thank you, Father, that we no longer have to live our, wor- our lives in this world with care or anxiety because we trust in you. We know that you are our Father. Hallelujah. And that you'll take a Father's place to keep us, to sustain us, to put us over in life. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing us with the understanding of your word. Father, the entrance of your word is what gives light and illumination to each and every one of us. So tonight, for this, these few moments, God, I just thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. I thank you for speaking to men and women's hearts. And I thank you, Father God, for granting them the peace that only you can give because they trust in you. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We've been talking about changing the way that we think. And, uh, of course, you know, the Bible says that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And there's something very transformational that takes place when a person gives their heart or their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's it's life-changing. It's life-altering. And uh, it occurs from the inside out. And when that happens, of course, a light, illumination comes to us. I don't know what it was like for you, but I mean, you know, I grew up in a mainline denominational church, and the Bible really didn't mean anything to me. They made me memorize scriptures and all of that, you know, like maybe a lot of folk. But, uh, uh, but there was no life in it because there was no life in me. And when I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 19, man, I mean to tell you, a light bulb came on. And all of a sudden, the light of his word and his spirit just, you know, changed everything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So we have, you know, I mean, um, sometimes we go down the road of life and we, you know, we're Christians for five years or 10 years or 20 or 50 or whatever the number is. But I tell you what, we never, ever, 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 ever want to lose sight of his redemptive love and what it is that he has done for us to make us new creations. Amen. So anyway, in this scripture here in Romans chapter 12 and uh, verse 1, the Apostle Paul is talking about something that we as believers must do. Now, you're not obligated, obviously. I mean, you can just go down the road of life. You might, you know, have an uh, encounter with God, get born again and you know, heaven will be your home, and, but nothing else changes. Well, I believe that God wants us, I believe he wants to make us a witness. I, want, I believe that he wants the world to be able to see that what God's living word can do in the life of a person. Hallelujah. So in other words, your life preaches. You know, it's not necessarily what you say per se, but, but people see. My, I remember my brother Bob um, that I was mentioned to you lives in Kansas City, and uh, and um, you know he didn't get saved until he was down the road a ways in life. He had uh, went through a divorce. Um, he had problems with alcohol because we we grew up in a very um, alcoholic family, and uh, so we had a lot of dysfunction. And that that spirit really you know got a hold of him and tried to destroy his life. And in 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 some ways it did. 
You know, I mean, that's the thing, you know, people talk about social drinking and all this kind of business and it's okay and all that. Obviously, I can't prove from the scriptures that it's not a good thing to, uh, or that it's sinful to drink. But you know, the Bible does say to avoid all appearance of evil. And from what I can see, what happens in many people's lives as a result of whatever form of quote unquote drinking uh, that you engage yourself in, you run the risk if that's the right way of putting it, of going down a path that could be less than advantageous or healthy for you. So better to just stay away, in my opinion. Hallelujah. So, you know, everybody has to be convinced in their own mind. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know how I got off on that. But anyway, uh, we're talking about, you know, some things that the Apostle Paul said here in this chapter, beginning in verse 1. He said, "I, I beseech you, Therefore, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto God, and it is your reasonable service. Now, let's back up for a moment and just uh, dissect this a little bit. Notice that he says, I beseech you, urge you, implore you, if you want to call it, you know, use that word. There's something here I want to encourage you to do because of the mercies of God. And we don't have time to get into it, but if you were to back up into the 11th chapter, he was talking about how Jesus opened the door for the Gentiles to be saved, okay? Because this book is written to, you know, the Romans. And and so um, he's just talking about the fact that we were not a part of... uh, the the tree, but we were grafted in. And it's because of God's mercy. You know, we were not God's chosen people, but thank God Jesus chose us and made us who we are. And so he he encourages us on that basis. And again, you can look into that more in depth uh, uh, for your own study. But he said, I the, so I urge you, therefore, by those mercies that God has shown to you, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, again, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So he talks about the physicality of our being. And after all, we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. When we're born of the Spirit of God, it is the Holy Spirit that recreates our spirit or the real you. That person, you know, that when you breathe your last breath and you're departing, you know, that, that person you know, is the person that Jesus recreates and makes, uh, uh, as the Bible says, a new creation. But you have a soul made up of your mind, will, and emotions, and then you live in this body. Thank God for the body. Amen? Because if you didn't have it, you wouldn't be able to be here. Guess what? You lose it, you, you're gone, okay? So get happy. Hallelujah. It might be, you know, carrying a little extra or whatever, or you may not like its shape, but listen, you're here, Okay? You know, so uh, rejoice. So he says, present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God. It's your rational, reasonable service. And then he says, and don't be conformed to this world, but transformed. Everybody say transformed. How do we do that, Pastor? By the renewing of your minds. What are we renewing our mind to? We're renewing our mind to the word of God especially the New Testament, you know, under the new covenant. But if you don't, if you don't um, 
deal with the process and understand it is a process. You know, I mean, I, I'm glad. I'd like to think, you know, I'm a little further down the road than I was maybe 10 years ago. Probably not as far as I should be, but I'm a gaining, you know, hallelujah. But, but there is a constant process of mind renewal that the Apostle Paul is encouraging you and I to participate in and to be a part of. In other words, change the way that you think. Now, I don't know about you, but again, I can only use my own example. Before I met Jesus, I had a way of thinking. Well, that, that pattern of thinking and behavioral things were all basically given shape to and, and formed by the world in which I lived, whatever people said, you know. And a lot of times I didn't even, hadn't even formed my own opinion. You know, you got teenagers over there in the other room right now, they're still trying to figure it out. And so we can thank God for people, you know, that are over there ministering to them and helping them and blessing them and doing what they can to at least provide a direction for them. Can you say amen? And the same thing's true in the here or if it's over in the nursery or wherever, you know, because um, these little creatures that we call children are, are having all kinds of things shaped and formed within them. And really, I'll tell you, you know, the first six years, it is critical, you know. So anyway, so he said, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect, what's, what's the last part of that? Will of God. So that you can prove, I don't know if it, it, yeah, it uses the word, you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So God wants you to know his will. See, there again, you know, in the religious community, you know, it's, it's been said, well, you know, God's sovereign, he's almighty, and he's, you know, mysterious and all of this, and so we can't know his ways. And, you know, it's so ambiguous. I, I mean, a lot of what it is that we do. And the reason that religion does that is, is because they got, they, religion has no answers. But thank God, God does. And when you get born of the Spirit of God, he wants you to learn his ways. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He told his disciples, there's a lot of things I'd like to share or say to you now, but you cannot bear them or understand, maybe is the best way to put that. You know, it, kind of, it went past them. You know, even though he said certain things, they were just thinking, you know, naturally. And, you know, how can these things be? Show us the Father. You know, I, I, I was just reading that, that uh, encounter that Philip had with Jesus at one time when he said, well, you know, just if you would just show us the Father, you talk about the Father all the time. If you would show us the Father, you know, then we'd be satisfied. And, and what's interesting, I don't know how you read the Scriptures, but, but I, I attempt at least to try to think about the emotion behind the statements. You know what I mean by that? In other words, it's not some monotone kind of like, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. No, there was, there was, there was you know, an emotion behind the asking. And then when Jesus responded to him, he said, you know, he said, have I been so long with you, Philip? And yet, you know, you, you, you haven't known. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus was the will of God in action. 
Thank God. So what's that do for you and me? Well, whatever it is that we see him doing, we can know that that's the will of God. Amen? And so when we see him healing the sick, when we see him setting the captive free, when we see him no longer condemning people, that is the very nature and the character of God himself. And it was manifested in his son. And, and why is that important? Because people in, in the world are beat up, beat bloody by their own guilt and their condemnation and all of the things that are going on, you know, within their lives because of mistakes. They know nothing of what we referred to earlier about the mercy of God. They know nothing about his forgiveness. You know, the Bible says that if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that beautiful? It's, it, 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 it is so beautiful that God is willing to do that. But a lot of folk, they don't know that. And, and, and again, you know, sometimes you'll see people, they kind of go through the motions. In other words, they're not, there's not a godly sorrow in their life that works repentance. They're just sorry they got caught. You know, there's a difference. I said there is a difference. But when people have done wrong and they come up before God and, and they acknowledge that from their heart, now, now we're, we're, we're on a heart-to-heart kind of basis with the Creator that, so that He can really do something. Hi, Donnie. Praise God, you're not working at the pizza ranch. Glory to God. This guy works like... I don't know, a gazillion hours a week. So it's good to see you, Donnie. God bless you. But you know, when you, when you get to that place and you're on a heart-to-heart relationship or, or level with him, God can see a con a mile away. You know that, don't you? You know, I, I was shucking and jiving Jesus for, you know, I don't know. The process, I suppose, when I really started seeking or not seeking, but, well, yeah, seeking, I guess you, you might say that. It, I don't know what it may have been. It might have been over a um, year-long process. People are pitching, us the, pitching me the gospel about getting saved, and I'm going, yeah, right, whatever. You know, all along kind of knowing, you know, um, and that type of thing. And so, so you kind of side, people sidestep God. You know, they don't, they don't want to, what was it like, you know, when, when, uh, when that boatload of fish deal went down, you know, Jesus preached and he got done. He said, why don't you launch out into the deep for, and let down your nets for a draft. And Peter said, dude, we've been out all night. I'm, I'm beat, but you know, okay, nevertheless, you know, I will do it. He gets this boatload of fish and, and Peter realizes what's, what's taking place, the, the miracle of, of these fish and sinking two boats, you know, and, and uh, he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, depart from me. You know, I am a, a sinful man. In other words, he says, you know, it, it's like, um, I'm not who you think I am. You don't want me, that type of thing. And Jesus is saying, oh, yeah, you're exactly the one I want. How many of you know that God can clean up some dirty fish? Huh? Hallelujah. And so, um, but you know, so much of the time, don't give up on people. You know, if you're, if you're endeavoring to bring them into the family of God or help them to find their way, uh, they're wrestling with all kinds of things. The God of this world 
is, is telling them so many lies to try to keep them from entering into the kingdom of heaven. Don't, don't, don't give up. Be patient. Pray for them. Believe God for them so that they'll come to the place of, of repentance so that they really can know the truth. Amen? You know, because I, I, we all experience rejection when it comes to these matters and telling people about Christ. And, and you know, um, I know I'm, I, I'm kind of working on a few different ones, you know, that, that aren't a part of the church or anything. And, and uh, boy, they're so good at sidestepping, baby. I mean, you know, whoa, here comes a pastor, you know. And, uh, but I really love them, and I want them to know the truth, you know. And so uh, you just got to stay with it and, and uh, love them into the kingdom. I'm glad somebody loved me because I was a long-haired, messed-up deal, and people loved me and my sin and my messed-upness. And, um, um, and I so appreciate that because they didn't uh, turn me away, and they, they had every right to, you know what I mean? People can be pretty cruel sometimes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And that's why we're singing about it tonight, about his love. And, um, and that's what it takes. It really does. So anyway, um, back to not being conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. It, it is a process, and it's our responsibility yours and mine. It's through the washing of the water of the Word of God that, that we change the way that we think. Now, everybody's um, journey, if you want to call it that, is different because we have each grown up in all different kinds of environments that have given shape to behavior and thinking and so on and so forth. And so it isn't always going to be the same, you know, and some of the hurdles that Mary may be dealing with in the way that she thinks may be completely different from those of Doug or, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, but the reality is, is that the more that we delve into the Word of God, the more that the Holy Spirit can take that Word and make it alive to you about your situation, you know, and, and it can change everything. Some of us, you know, uh, we, we, we did a lot of sinning, if that's the right way to put it. But there are a lot of other people that had been, have been rejected, you know, that weren't accepted. And, and it gave shape to patterns of thinking. And a lot of that, you know, is basically kind of a defense mechanism for them to be able to cope and deal with, you know, the rejection or whatever the case might be. And so, so everybody's deal is different, but no matter what the circumstance is, God's living word can change your thinking to where you're not no longer living or laboring under, you know, not being accepted as I used as an example before, you know, but praise God when you find out that you are accepted in the beloved, you know, and that he's the one, praise God, that we all have to answer to, if that's the right word, you know. Uh, some people, you know, they, they grow up in environments where self-esteem is impacted terribly, you know. And so they have to work through that because there isn't anybody that loves you more than Jesus does. And, and you don't have to feel bad about yourself or, you know, view yourself as less because he loves you. But so that's that's, that's something that you have to deal with. And these, you know, the Bible, Paul described them a bit as being strongholds in people's lives. 
their appearance or or what they're made out of can be different in everybody's life you know i mean whatever whatever it might be if you lived in abject poverty you have no clue you know what it's like we were um uh, out in montana well let me finish my thought there when you've lived in abject poverty and you and you come into an environment where someone says hey listen god doesn't want you to have to live like this you want he you know he wants you to be able to have all of your needs met and abundantly and to have a full supply and all of these different kinds of things you know well for some people that's hard for them to get their head wrapped around it's kind of like how can this be you know like mary saying okay all right but how's that work you know, so everybody's got a different deal. We were in Montana. We were talking to uh, uh, the couple that we were familiar with and acquainted with out there. And she was mentioning to us about <clears throat> being invited to a, uh, a ranch uh, to preach. And, well, some of you would know her, Krista Phelan. And, um, and she was invited to go to this um, place to preach. Well, the people that had hosted this had bought this ranch, and it was a um, it was like a um, uh, <laughs> you know the Taj Mahal of rodeo roundup you know ranch facilities and everything. I mean, it was like something you've never imagined kind of deal. Well, so when she got there, they flew her in there uh, in, on a private jet. You know, this a this a girl that, you know, come from Montana in a place, you know, this, that. So this is a whole different world. And they said, well, we're going to put you in a bunkhouse. And so uh, you won't be staying in the main house. You're going to stay in a bunkhouse, which for her, you know, I mean, a bunkhouse could be the front end of a horse trailer, and that would be, you know, acceptable. But this bunkhouse that she went to was like nothing you can even begin to imagine. It wasn't a bunkhouse, man. It was a mansion. You know, that type of thing. So she's talking to this couple that owns all of this. And they don't, they're not, you know, they're as ordinary and simple of people as you would ever come, you know, ever know. I mean, just ordinary people. But they had wealth. I mean, wow, you know. And so uh, the, the gal, you know, uh, that, that owned it was kind of almost apologizing for what it is that they had. And Krista said, you don't need to apologize for anything. You know, this is wonderful, you know. And, and see, so, so my point, I guess, in saying that is, is that, you know, even people sometimes in certain circumstances, you know, can be beat up by the devil, you know, and here these people were givers and contributors and doing all these things to create opportunities for ministry and this and that and the other. And yet, you know, they still had something to deal with. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the other side of the coin, which most people, we don't have that problem. You know what I'm saying? But on the other hand, you know, you don't want the devil to steal your joy just because, praise God, that you're blessed. Are you with me? You know, because here's the thing, if you do what the Word says, you're going to get blessed. The Word says it. And not only does it, in other words, when you obey God, maybe that's a better way of putting it, that when we, when we begin to obey God and, and are open to His provision, the blessing of God comes to our lives. It's just, you know, it's just the way it happens. Took, look at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
all of these different individuals that had a covenant with God. Well, you have a covenant with God. And he redeemed you by the blood of his own son so that you could be blessed. Well, so as that begins to come along, you know, people can sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll come against you. They'll assault you and say, well, you know, that's all you think about. That's all you care about. Well, no, it's not. The reality is, is that he said that he would bless the work of our hand. So when we put ourselves to things and we're diligent about what it is that we're doing and we learn to become good stewards and things like that, all of these kinds of things begin to develop within our lives. And guess what? It's okay. But if you don't renew your mind to the word of God, it can whoop you. Does that make sense to you? So it is important for us, you know, to learn to think the way God thinks. And in heaven, my friends, there's no lack. There is no deficiency. He's El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Hallelujah. It's like one minister said, he's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Hallelujah. You know, God wants you to have nice things. You know, most people that get upset about you having nice things are the people that envy or are jealous, or whatever the case might be. Well, who do they think they are? No one, really. I'm just glad to be a part of the family of God and born of the Spirit of God. But they, because, you know, you understand where I'm coming from? In other words, don't, don't crawl down in that ditch with them kind of people and think the way that they do. Just go on down the road, stay happy. Are you with me? You know, Jonah and I now for over 40 years have been preaching prosperity that God wants to bless you. And I got to tell you, in the beginning, boys and girls, that was not necessarily a real popular message. I don't know that it is now. Because any kind of message can be, um, what, perverted or, or exaggerated, maybe, if that's the right way to put it. But the reality is, is that um, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And part of the blessing is the fact that you have it to give to someone. Huh? You know, are you listening to me? I heard a, there was a couple that was going on vacation in our church and um, they were not going to be gone for very long, but just a couple days. But, you know, I just felt like in my heart that God spoke to me and said, I want you to give them some extra money. And so I said, all right, Lord, praise God. We'll make a phone call and find out what's going on and we'll make that happen. Well, you know, of course, they, you know, when I talked to the came and talked to them about it, you know, they were a little bit reluctant or whatever. I said, no. I said, you know what? Uh, if you don't need it, then do something special and extra, you know, something, you know, outside of what it is that you might normally do. And I said, if you do need it, uh, then you can use it to help just to lift the load and, and lighten the burden, if you want to call it that, of the trip that you're taking. You know, God wants to bless you. And so I went my merry way, you know. So, uh, but again, my point to saying that is, is that if I didn't have the money, I couldn't do that. Are you with me? And so uh, it's wonderful. So, Let's go back to our verse of Scripture in Romans chapter 12 and look at verse 2 again with me. I'm going to read this. I, I don't think that Kathy has a Phillips translation, but it's a good one, so I'll just quote it to you. It says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, okay? But let God remold your minds from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God is good, meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Now, the NLT, which I do think that she'll have for you, 
uh, here. And this is really, really good. Uh, <clears throat> verse 1, so dear brothers uh, and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you, because of his mercy. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And in verse 2, now listen, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Listen, you guys, you don't fit in. Okay? You know, I mean, none of us, everyone wants to be accepted. I, I, I get that. But, you know, on what terms? You know? You know, the world in which we live is, a, is an ugly place, can be at least. And so there are just things that, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to do. So in this scripture, back up there, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing, and it is perfect. Hallelujah. So, you know, there's such victory in him. And it all comes back to the new birth. When you got born again, none of us could have imagined. I mean, we, we rejoice in the salvation part where now we're, we're, we've received eternal life and we're going to heaven. But, dude, that's, that's just part of it. I mean, to be born of the Spirit of God changes everything about our lives. I could say it this way, you know, uh, when it talks about, you know, what it is that he's done, what Jesus did, he opened the door to salvation. Everybody say salvation. Well, by definition, in the Greek language, it's the word, um, well, sozo. It means to save. It means, or it is used, now listen, of material or temporal deliverance from danger and suffering. To be saved, you know, to be delivered. Again, from material or temporal deliverances. Also, of the spiritual and eternal salvation granted immediately by God to those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then number three, of the present experiences of God's power to deliver us from the bondage of sin. So in other words, the reason I bring that up to you is, is you have to understand that salvation is all-inclusive. It's not just the spiritual part of your being. But it's the mental part of your being, the material part of your being, and anything else that is of hell that has come and set up shop in your life, God wants to deliver you from it. So thank God you don't, you know, the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over us. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Now, sin might try to convince you that it does, but thank God it has lost its hold because of Jesus. How many of you... And again, some of you, you've been born again since you started breathing. But many of the rest of us, that's not the case. And so when, when it came to discovering what it is that God had, had done in our lives, how many of you had a few battles that you had to deal with and different things? Why? Because the devil's lying to you. 
well, you're no good, uh, you'll never amount to anything, this isn't for you, that's for them, and that's not true, that doesn't work. I mean, I mean, the list is long. Anything and everything that he could come up with to try to um, distort, twist, or um, uh, remove the truth from your life. In other words, in, s- trying to figure out a way to keep people bound, you know, if you had a problem with alcohol, if the devil has his way, he'll make sure that you you have it from now till you die. If you have a trouble, you know, if you in a, a, were in a, a substance abuse, drug addiction kind of thing, the same thing's true. If he can, he'll keep you bound by it. You know, if you've had depression, all these different kinds of things, he'll try to do that. You know, he'll try to keep you bound by it. But thank God Jesus did something. He came to this place and he gave his life for you and I so that we could be set free, so that we could be saved, so that we could be delivered. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. You know, and so all we got to do is find out what it is we've been delivered from and start thanking him for it. Amen. Yeah, glory to God. You know, it's so beautiful, you know, to see what it is that God can do in a person's life. So being born of the Spirit of God, it breaks the chains of fear, and it also breaks the chains of sin's dominance within our lives. Well, you know, Pastor, I, I just can't, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. I said, yes, you can. You, you think that you can't, but yes, you can. And the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus made a way, made it possible, provided a path so that you wouldn't have to be bound by whatever it is that's plaguing your life. Aren't you glad for that? You know, and the thing about it is sometimes, you know, you, you got to let go of these things. Sometimes, it, you know, it's, it's weird. I don't, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, and don't want to be. Okay, but what's weird sometimes about people is, is that they have different things that they want to get free from, but then they really don't want to get free from them because that's all they know. And if they get free from it, then where are they going to be in the middle of nowhere? You with me? You know, um, example, when again, I got saved, you know, one of the things that the Bible I learned was that, that I need to come out from among those that aren't living for God, okay? Why? Because if I don't, I will go right back into the patterns and behaviors and lifestyles and things of the na- you know, that, that are within their nature. Well, you know, that's kind of a scary proposition for a 19-year-old when this is all I've known, right? And not only that, here's the, the, the devil's lie. He said, if you do that, you won't have anybody. You won't have any friends. You'll be alone. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? But I just made the decision. I didn't care because for the first time in my life, I knew Jesus was real. And I couldn't deny that. So I said, well, come what may. And sure enough, dude, they vaporized because I, Calstrup, got religion. Well, no, I didn't get religion. I got a relationship with the king. And so my life changed. But here's the cool thing about it is, is that the lie was you'll never have any friends. And when I got saved, it, it took a while, but as the whole thing turned around, I had friends like no other. 
and they were precious friends, and they were real friends, and they were reliable friends. You, you with me? But my point to you in saying all of that is, again, you know, if the devil can tell you a lie and hold you there with it, he will. You know, he may say, well, things is never going to change, you know. God said this, preacher promises that, you know, and this and that and the other, nothing's ever happened, it ain't going to change. What, what's, what's the intent behind that? It's to get you to quit and give up, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is you have to fight or resist the devil, and you have to say, you, my friend, are a liar, because Jesus is Lord, and he's Lord over this problem. He's Lord over this circumstance. He's Lord over this situation, and thank God, this is what he said, and you know, and, 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 and you fight it that way, and you deal with it on that level, and then pretty soon, praise God, it loses its grip, you know. Make the decision, whatever that decision might be. Because the thing about it is, is when you do it, it releases the power of God to get in the middle of whatever it is that's going on in your life. Now, I watched a lot of my friends, and they, 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 they didn't do it. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't take the step away. And, what, and unfortunately, they get, got sucked back right into the same old lifestyle, and, and um, many of them died prematurely, and all kinds of things. It was, uh, it's sad. It really is. You know, it could have been so much different. Aren't you glad for Jesus tonight? Yes, Praise God. So I encourage you, you know, you take the time to expose yourself to the Bible. Read the Word of God. Walk with the Master. Get in the Gospels and just walk with Him. You know, you say, well, what do you mean walk with Him? S stand there and watch what happens in the incidences of his encounters with people and listen to and think about how people responded and how that all, you know, turned out. Because I'm telling you what, dude, you talk about a good movie. If, you, if people would just read the Word of God with, with a bit more, well, okay, you know, I'm getting my, my chapter in for today. And I'm all good with chapters reading the Bible. I, I'm not pounding that, but I'm just saying that there's so much more there, you know, to see the responses of, you know, the woman, you know, that was taken in adultery. I mean, what a story. And here is this gal that, was she wrong? Yeah. Was she in the wrong place? Yeah. Did she get caught? Yeah. Was she in sin? Yeah. All those things. But the humiliation that this, this girl or woman, you know, whatever, endured. And thinking about being drugged into the streets. And think about the dirt and the dust and the treatment of how these men were treating her. Last time I checked, it takes two people to commit adultery. Where's he at? How come they ain't dragging him out there? You, you, you get it. You know, and so, so how this thing unfolds you know, with, with their accusations. Stand in the crowd and listen to what's being said. Think about, they're, they're going to get rocks, and they're about to stone this woman. But yet, before we do that, we want to get Jesus' opinion so that we can find fault with him too. And, and that whole thing and how that, you know, before it was over with, you know, he just said, well, Whoever's without sin, you, you start throwing them. And the Bible says, um, 
I don't remember if it was from the greatest to the youngest or the other way around, they being convicted by their own conscience started walking away. So what's cool about that, in my mind at least, in my heart, is to think about the fact that all of a sudden there's nobody but Jesus and this woman. That's so cool. And he says, he says to her, you stupid woman, why on God's green earth did you end up in a situation like this? No, that's not what he said at all. He said, uh, woman, he says, uh, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Think about that. And then she says, well, no, no one, Lord. And listen to these words. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Dude, that's powerful. You think that changed that woman's life? I guarantee you it did. Uh-huh. So those are the kinds of things that, that bring about change within us. It transforms the way you think. Maybe you won't be quite so judgmental now. Okay? Well, by golly, they ought to know better than that. Probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. You know? How many of you know <laughs> human beings do dumb things? You know? We do. You should try to mitigate that. That's the idea. You know, slow that up and start doing right things. So take your time, meditate in the Word of God. Give yourself permission to do it, because I tell you what, praise God, it'll bless you. Amen? I wish I had more time, but we're out of it. You guys have been such a great audience and listen so well. Why don't you stand with me, and we'll just commit this to our hearts. Praise God. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you, Father, for the book, the Bible. We thank you for what it is that you've revealed to us. Lord, help us to understand the realities of how incredibly uh, favored we are by you, how you are so for us and on our side, that you're not against us. God, I, uh, I know sometimes in our own minds we think about our failings, we think about things maybe we haven't done right or wrong, but God, you're always there. And you stand with us and you wait to hear from our hearts. So God, I pray that, that you'll speak to men and women's lives here tonight, Lord. Help them not to allow condemnation or guilt to drive them into a corner or off into the shadows. But Father, help them to realize that they can come to you just like that woman. And Father, that they can be set free without condemnation, for there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. We love you so much, Father. I thank you for the privilege that I have as a minister to share these truths with people so that, Father God, they don't have to live their lives under the encumbrance um, of the lies of the devil. So I thank you, Father, for your blessing here tonight. While heads are bowed, please, and eyes are closed, even those of you that may be watching by, by uh, internet, you know, if, if there are areas within your life that condemnation or guilt has kept you from stepping towards God, I just want to encourage you this evening, praise God, to, to let this be the last moment
that that happens within your life, that you'll turn your heart to him and say, God, help me to see as you see. Help me to think as you think. Help me to understand your ways. And Father, I just thank you right now for speaking to men and women in their own personal lives in, in, in a way that only you can that will bless them, Father God, that will help them, that will encourage them, and that will keep them. And Father God, that will empower them to get out from underneath whatever it is, Father, that has kept them bound in Jesus' name. Pray this simple prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done, and I receive it, and I accept it in my life. Help me, Lord, to draw near to you all the days of my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, listen. You